I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Happy New Year. I know. Yay. Wow. I know. Cheers. <laughs> um, I love this time of year, though. I just really do. It's like I get you the and I were. and stuff. Yeah. 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 I, we've said this before, but I feel like we should record what we talk about before. Before we start recording, like we yes. can have a whole another show just in that. Um, but I just get super energized thinking about mm-hmm. the new year, like that clean slate we talk about. It's just such a, um, a a nice place to to be and think about and plan for 2024. It's just fun and yeah. energizes me. So, it's yeah, fun. one of the things I love about being a business owner. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got a fresh notebook, got your yep. fresh planner, mm-hmm. got all your fresh things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. It feels good. That's I know. Right. Even though I, I like, I know, I think I've mentioned here before, but I cannot be a handwritten planner person or notebook person any longer. I've had to banish that from my life. As I have like one that I doodle and like take insignificant notes and stuff in, but that's really pretty and stuff, you know, so that like scratches the itch for cute pens and journals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But generally I'm forced, have had to force, spent the year forcing myself to be like pretty much completely electronic. Yeah. Which I is. I, I, I is. I just said I is. <laughs> I is too. Um, <laughs> I'm the same. But I do have four crop records. So like weather mm-hmm. stuff. I still use something handwritten because I feel like it's mm-hmm. just I can flip back easier and look because my calendar gets so, you know, yes. we get so much stuff going in it. Sometimes it feels like that in itself can overwhelm me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But somebody got me a effort calendar like for a planner <laughs> for 2020 uh-huh. 2024 yeah. so like every week has some sort of like just effort <laughs> I mean you would not believe the amount of stuff I have gotten that has that word on it like it's it's I love it so much like the stickers the yeah, yes. super fun. That just my um, chiropractor just dropped it off on my house <laughs> on my front door, and it was like all of these like really great quotes and stuff. I was like, Aww. yes, this is twenty twenty four. Is that's gonna be the that's gonna be it? The, the so, year of the f words. The year Funner, of the f words. Hunter <laughs> and, and, and the right. other one and the other one. Yep, we've I've uh, I've had a lot of people. Uh, send me emails and messages and saying like they're yeah. hoping that I have a funner year and you know just really yeah, ways <laughs> in, so. So yeah. Know. It keeps oh. auto correcting to runner and I'm like mm, nah. don't think so. not right now <laughs> prioritizing other stuff so oh um, yeah but new year yep new year new me right is that what they say mm-hmm. yep okay <laughs> well I was never um, really a new year, new me kind of girl, either. though, really. No. No. I've Are just you a New Year's been... Eve girl? Like, did you ever go out and get all dressed up and not do really. that thing? No. Yeah. I'm mm. kind of more, not, I'm not antisocial. I'm more just like a homebody. Yeah. So now now things have turned to where my kids want to stay up and watch the ball drop. And Judd and I are like holding our eyes open. Before we'd be like, yay, we do a fake ball drop at like eight o'clock. Woo! 
<laughs> I'm never going to go to bed. <laughs> but now I can't trick them like that anymore. So I'm going to have their friends oh. over. And so, no, That's you, did you funny. celebrate? No, I did a couple now? times. Like when I lived yeah. in Columbus, I had gone out a few times and then it was like yeah. the regrets, like big yeah. regrets, just you like, know, just why? the energy. I like, I, you know, my <laughs> girls, some girls that I lived with would go out and buy outfits and fancy yeah you know, fancy clothes and you go, I'm like, it's so much, it, that just takes so much energy. And I just, <laughs> I didn't have it back then. I sure as hell don't have it now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm comfortable. Well, maybe New Year's Eve, 2024. Yeah. We should get dressed up and oh, have a party. You're, we should, <laughs> we really we should. should. Because that's going to be a party. Funner. I'm going to need a party. That would be so much more funner. That would be funner. <laughs> That'd be funner than 2023's New Year's Eve. I can tell yeah. you. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's do it. So that, okay. Yeah. So we got the we got the Derby in 2024. <laughs> okay, tw- derby might have to be 25. I think I've got to be healed okay, up a yeah, little yeah, bit more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 25. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh okay. We got to write that down. Yep. We got to do that. Okay. We got to make make plans because yeah, uh, we're gonna get our fancy our outfits. Calendar. We're gonna we're gonna be looking like disco balls that's right we're gonna get ourselves real fancy Ooh, no dirt cowboy boots no dirt oh. nails done <laughs> no. yeah mm-hmm. get me a new pair of boots sean and jen are gonna recognize us nope all glammed in the dust for the night <laughs> where, where are you guys going out we don't know what's that bar that you <laughs> that you line dance at maybe that could be our oh the thirsty cowboy the thirsty. or the dusty armadillo <laughs> oh yeah sorry i went off on a tangent that's all right it's okay (laughs) love that so well today um we're starting the new year just spilling the dirt with you guys um just answering your questions so if you're new to the podcast we got a lot of new listeners um the end of the year which has been kind of fun so uh if you are just tuning in we on our instagram at dirt on flowers every sunday Pretty much every Sunday. Yeah, I forget every once in a while. Not every once in a while. We got stuff going on. That's okay. (laughs) We put up a little question box in our story where you get to ask us any question that's on your mind. And so we form episodes from that. We share the the question um, like we're going to do today and kind of give you our two cents on it. So sometimes they're themed with stuff and sometimes we're just all over the map like today. Mm -hmm. So, But we really do love when you guys pop in and tell us that because we go back for these episodes or just ideas in general where we're like, man, they're really, they're really wanting to hear about whatever that is, you know, common theme and that. So it gives us some Mm -hmm. ideas for content too. So we're very grateful you guys continue to do that. So, okay. Okay. Again. Yeah. All right. So first question, how do you transition from hobby flower farming full time to quitting your day job? I should really start reading these questions ahead of time. (laughs) How do you transition your hobby, flower farming, full-time, quitting your day job? Okay. So going from hobby farmer to quitting your day job, you know, I, I'll speak for myself with this is that it really takes its time and everybody is different. So, you know, Shannon and I are a great example where like Shannon has, you know, is her farm supports two of them plus a whole family that, you know, she has children, you know, mine looked a little bit different because I 
am only supporting myself. My dad's my landlord. So if I default on rent, he's not going to kick me out. Um, so, you know, it just, it takes everybody's comfort level on what kind of income do you need to earn and really just getting the business side of it down, the growing side, all those things. I'm not sure. Am I answering that question right? So how do you yeah. transition from, you know, I guess yeah. I did it. I'll say this way. I sort of had one foot in, you know, first of all, when I started, I was like at my full-time job and then I was just sort of dabbling on the side. And then my heart and everything, my focus and my time and my energy just sort of to continue to shift to the farm. And I could mm -hmm. feel it gaining momentum. And I sort of got to this point where I felt like, oh, I'm the limiting factor in my business from stopping my business to go to the next level. And I knew that in order for me to um, do this full time, I needed to quit my other job, right? Mm -hmm. You know, ultimately, like I, I needed to give it 100% of my attention because I was not really 100% focused on it and I was exhausted. There were a whole lot of things that factors that came up for me that I sort of knew like, okay, now's the time. I had some financial goals for myself personally, like I wanted to pay off a vehicle. There were a lot of personal things that I needed to sort of check the box on before I would transition. And I think Shannon, you said the same thing, like you felt like you could have quit sooner, but we yeah. just in hindsight. Year. Yes, in hindsight. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I think it's it's such a mindset thing. Okay. I, I really think that is like the first mm -hmm. hurdle. And because when you're a hobby flower farmer, like you're just doing all the things that make you feel good. Like there's really not a ton of consequences to not selling the product that you have. You're just, I'm just selling what I have, or I'm just giving it to the neighbors. Like to me, that's like what hobby, hobby flower farming, the mindset that you're, it's going to be a big leap. And mm -hmm. then it's going to feel like, okay, this is half of the things that I really love, which is growing flowers. And it's also now half of being a business mind. And it's that mindset. It's going to feel hard at first. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to like truly like prepare yourself for that mindset, especially if you want to make a quick flip. I mean, Lindsay and I, we like – when I say we drug it out, <laughs> I mean, years, we right? did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a long time. And yeah. it's and time – I know when we answer that, that time is like one of the biggest things that you need to give it. I know that is hard because we all want it to be like tomorrow. Yeah. Like we want the answer right given to us right away. But you have to like – you have to feel the pain a little bit as you go on. And then that's how you're going to know that this is what you want to do full time until you know what you're juggling and you're looking at it and you're having to make those decisions and you're like, wow, I'd really rather be here than here and you need to start looking at it with your job now and as a business, in my opinion, that this is the safest and everyone has different risk tolerances, 100%. And if it's not much on you to take a risk and you're just depending on yourself and, you know, Jen and I used to joke, well, if we just, if it was just us, you know, we would eat ramen noodles every night and we could have maybe taken the leap sooner, but yeah. That's just not something that we were willing to do. So I would start treating it, step one, start treating it as a business now with yeah. your full-time job happening. Yeah. No more hobbyists. None. We're not, no more, you, don't diminish your farm. You need to start really like. I was never yeah. a hobbyist. I don't no, think I, I would not call myself I, that either. 
No, I never yeah. called myself in that regard. And I think you're right. The mindset of just like you're in it to make money, you make yeah. different decisions for that. And I yes. think you were talking earlier, you said earlier, like you're 50%, you're growing things and 50% mm -hmm. business. It shifts over time and it becomes, mm -hmm. I'm pretty much business. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I, yeah, sure, I obviously I'm focusing on growing and that's a huge part, but the, it's a larger percentage is like figuring out how to actually run a business and it becomes, yeah. you know, if that's the, if that's the role. Now there's a lot of, you know, if you choose to stay small and you're not hiring people and all those things, you're mm -hmm. still going to wear all those hats, right? You're going to be growing yeah. in business and marketing and procurement and mm -hmm. all of everything in between. Um, and that's, that's fine too. But yeah, I never really, I, I was gonna say, Me I never either. really considered myself a hobby farmer. So nope. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where, where it's going to feel like a little bit hard for you. And I think it'll be better for you to decide that this is what I want to do full time if you start treating it like a business and still having the safety net of your day job. Mm -hmm. And then you might be like, geez, this, the business stuff isn't for me. Maybe I just need my own cutting garden that lights me up. And I don't really, there's a lot yeah. of decisions. No answer is right or wrong. And you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. But I just worry that if you have enjoyed hobby, what you're calling hobby flower farming, that if when you get into it and you dive in full time, that it might be more than what you've bargained for. And sometimes just dipping our toe in and figuring that out with having that safety net is a good thing. The comfort of my weekly paycheck, my every, you know, mm -hmm. every two week paycheck, that was one that that kept me on. I was like, man, yes. I could keep doing this, but there were some, yeah. there were some personal sacrifices that sure. I was making to my mental health, to my physical mm -hmm. body, to what I actually wanted out of my life for my life. And I got mm -hmm. to the point where I was like, this is not sustainable. Like that yeah. I just kept saying it, you know, it was like, I have to quit my job. Like, you mm -hmm. know, and then really I had to take a good hard look at like, can I actually do that? Do this? What does it look? Mm -hmm. It was terrifying. It really was. Yeah. Even though like, I knew it wasn't going to fail. I had all of these backup plans. I know, think you and I, we've talked about it on here sure. before, but I was like, <laughs> reaching out to a greenhouse, like, you know, if just in case, you know, can I water <laughs> for you guys? Like, just yeah. in case or, um, and there was really no way in my mind yeah. that I was going to let that thing fail, you know, let it fail. Mm -hmm. And right. You know, I would go like, okay, what's worst case scenario, you know, mm -hmm. look at it that way and go like, oh, okay, well I could figure that out. I remember sitting, I was at a, in a therapist's office and I'm sitting across from her and uh, I had just started the farm and I was like, man, I just want to quit, you know? And I had the, I wanted to quit my full-time job, not the farm. I wanted to quit the full-time job. I was so ready. Mm -hmm. I was so eager. It was year one. And she said, you know, she just sort of like slowed me down a little bit. And she said, you know, mm -hmm. most businesses are like four to five years before they really can. And I didn't want to yeah. hear it. Because yeah. I am a sprinter. I was a sprinter in track. I that's where I want to go. I want to get there fast, you know. And the looking at it as a marathon to me felt ex like I was I'm like not into that. I'm you know the most yeah. I wanted to run was a 400 meters. <laughs> Just having to slow myself down, I guess, and look at it from through that lens is that that's the reality because it, it takes you, there's a whole lot of other steps that have to fall into place. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. um, I feel like that's a good. Yeah. Okay. W one more note on that too, because I don't think we talk about it enough, but the reason that Lindsay and I were able to grow our farms as fast as we did was because we 
we're not relying upon our farms for our paycheck for mm-hmm. quite a long time. Mm-hmm. We there was a lot of reinvestment happening. Infrastructure. I mean, our when we bought our house, like there wasn't a farm. Like this was not an existing farm. Like we had to make it a farm. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had to be paying myself and doing that, it would have taken a lot longer. I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm just saying there's a lot of personal sacrifices. There's so many things to consider, you know, when you're you going to debt. About it. Exactly. What's your debt tolerance? Yeah. Because Shannon and there's I a- both like mm-hmm. ran it where we were investing that money back into the business. Back in. And, and yes. it's a, there's a level of grittiness that comes from not taking a check, but knowing I I wasn't physically taking a check, but I was really indirectly paying myself in assets that I was building yeah. within the business, right? Like yeah. so I was choosing to to do that. And it's it, it maybe it's not the right way, but it's it worked for it worked for us. And that's a very that's yeah. a very valid point. Yeah. That's how I was able to to get high tunnels and right. a van and a cooler and mm-hmm. pay start to pay employees and things like that. I mean, there were hard there were hard times where I was like writing checks early on to employees. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is yeah. insanity. But like, I could see what I wanted at the end mm-hmm. of it, you know, yeah. to get Because we were setting ourselves up yeah, for the moment <laughs> when we could quit, we will have all the infrastructure to support us, essentially, yes. yeah. you know? And I think even, even so, was it just even getting to that point, I think it's like, we're like, <sighs> okay, we have a reliable delivery vehicle. We have processes. We have these things that will allow me to come in and make a difference instead of just like being lit with my hair on fire, figuring out what I need to spend cash on next. And so there's so, I hope, I really hope that gave you a lot to think about because there's so many considerations, but it's a tough one. It's, it's a tough, yeah. Because every transition yeah. looks different. I guess that's why yeah. it's the hard. It's a hard question to answer because yeah. every transition mm-hmm. really does look different based mm-hmm. off of your needs. But yeah, I think that's a lot of good things to consider and to think about. Like, mm-hmm. what are what are the priorities to you? Is it a steady paycheck? Is it mm-hmm. you know being able to make your current salary before you take the leap? I mean, it took me a couple of years to even figure out like where. I pay myself from the farm. Like, where does that money yeah. come from? You know, it comes from the net profit at the end of the year. And I didn't, took me years to understand that. And so, you know, all those sort of building blocks and foundation have to be set in order for you to, to make that decision yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Okay. The next question. I have $5,000 saved to start my farm with. What would you spend it on? You already have a tractor and land. That's amazing. <laughs> you have a better start than, <laughs> than, than some people. Okay. $5,000, I am i don't know how far it's going to get you, but yeah. it'll get you started. I think you need to prioritize the things that you're going to need to grow flowers. Irrigation, some figuring out how you're going to be irrigating. Some people grow flowers without irrigating. I think that if you want to be consistently growing flowers and have really good product, you do need to ha- come up with some kind of irrigation plan. It kind of depends on who you want to sell to. If you're selling to florists, then I would maybe take some of that money, maybe invest in some peony roots or something that's going to pay off in the long run. Or you can just throw it all towards annuals and say, this is going to be a learning year. I'm going to buy my seeds. I'm going to buy the tools that I, the basic tools that I need. And I'm just going to learn, which 
it would be a very valuable year. It just kind of depends. It depends on who you're selling to. I mean, I wish that if I decide, yes, how big it is. I think if you, if you have some of these things already in place, a cooler, I really struggled my first year when I didn't have a cooler. That was a missing piece that I wish I probably would have bit the bullet and got sooner. So that might be a good thing to spend the $5,000. What do you think, Linz? I don't know. Yeah, I was just thinking like very basic, like what I did. I I took Mm $10,000 out of my savings and started. And I had to buy a lot of deer fencing, which I then changed a whole lot. I changed. So I would say – irrigation. And then I'd be mm-hmm. looking at weed control. Like how are, what it's weed management are you going to use? Are you going to use plastic? Um, are you going to do no-till? Those sort of things I would, I would say, I mean, if you could swing it and finding, obviously you're not going to need a big walk-in cooler probably your first year. Yeah. If you are, mm-hmm. you're going to be very like you'll, that 5,000 bucks is going to go really far for you. But a cooler mm-hmm. would be like top of my list. It was something yeah. that my very first year, I grew a bunch of snapdragons, and they. I just remember looking in the field like, there is nobody on this planet that I could. I, I can't move this many snapdragons, you know. Like <laughs> nobody even yeah. really knew about me, you know. And um, so I had all of these snapdragons, and all I could see was waste. My very first year, you know. And so if I'd had those in a cooler, it would have given me a much longer window to sell them, more opportunity to move that product. Um, yeah. So yeah, cooler would be. Yeah of my list, but you know, seeds is not going to cost you that much really if you're just starting out. So yeah. And irrigation for sure. Mm -hmm. Irrigation. Yeah. Like the foundational things. Soil testing. So yeah. Your soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of things. Just foundation stuff. That's what I would would start with. I mean, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to decide some people grow in raised beds, you know, if that's what you're building. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I wouldn't jump into anything like you know, crazy, but yeah. But like you don't have to have like your farm name merch right away. Nope. You don't have to have Ooh. website though. What, yeah. Okay. What the, website website's cheap. Good. Yeah. It is yes. cheap, but that would be, I would get a website. No, yes, absolutely. Yes. Get branding. I, I yeah. would get, some, yeah. Get your get logo. logo. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. But there's like a lot of extras. I mean, like maybe don't wrap your bouquets in like the colored tissue paper the first year or something yeah. like that. You know, like yeah. I'd like, hey, Jesus. we're starting bare bones here. We're, we're just going to get the essentials. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to run my farm. I'm going to get the tools that coincide with how I say I'm going to run my farm. And then we're just going to go. We're going to start doing the oh, thing. I have a thought And making it this. happen. Yeah. Okay. So we talk, we talk about a year ago this time. We were talking about profit first. Go back and listen to those episodes. It's probably 30 something, right? Mm -hmm. Probably 30s-ish. Okay. So one of the things I would say with this $5,000 is open up, open, you're not asking me what to do with it, but I'm telling you this from from a checking standpoint. (laughs) Go up, go open a business checking account. Put that five grand into a business checking account first. Don't you dare spend it out of your personal account. Okay. Then moving forward, save a little bit of that back, right? Like save 1500 bucks or 1800 bucks for incidentals or 2000, whatever of things that are going to come up in the season for you. So you're going to mm-hmm. start fresh, like $5,000 in a, in a, uh, an account and 
when you're spending the money, like you'll use your, that farm debit card to pay for seeds, to pay for compost, irrigation supplies, uh, cooler, whatever it is you choose to use, and that extra money that's in there, um, that way when stuff comes up, you're not pulling from your personal account. And then yeah. what was so amazing for me is that's how I that's how I started. I read the business boutique. It's by Christy something. I'll look it up. Christy Wright. Uh, Christy Wright. Christy Wright. Yes. Mm-hmm. I read that. Well, that was one of the things that she it was like my biggest takeaway from that book was not to combine business and personal mm-hmm. finances. So to start out with that five thousand dollars in that account and I watched that money. I never put my own personal money back into that account. Never did. And um, I that to me is something that I have really, it was an accomplishment for me because I was only spending what I had. And I'm, I've talked about it. We've talked about it in these profit first episodes, but I'm, I have like some debt. I had have some aversion to debt. I don't really like debt. So I never took out farm loans. I have since then um, with other stuff as it has come up and my comfort level shifts as the business grows, right? Like you're going to take a loan out on something. And, but that was an accomplishment for me at the end of the year to go like, oh, I didn't put any more money into this and I was able to grow this. So the money you're making, you're going to put back into that account and you're going to be very shocked at the end of the year how much you've grown that $5,000 in there. So that's a good, good visual. So anyway, you asked me, but yes. Um, Episode 38. Revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. That's a good one. It's a good one to start the year off too. Yeah. Just a good reminder. Yep. Absolutely. And if you haven't listened to those profit first episodes, we spent basically an entire month digging into it. It's we've had we've got a lot of feedback on it it that it's changed a lot of the ways that people do business with, you know, their profitability. We've also heard people say like, oh, it was like, you know, drinking from a fire hose. It was just so much information, but Mm -hmm. it's such good information, even something that you can go back and listen to again. So go back and listen to those episodes because they're, they're really good. So Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Next one. I would love to hear about dried flowers, what you dry, how you dry them and how you utilize them. Okay. So I, I think we've kind of talked about this before, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't do anything fancy. Okay. I literally cut them. We bunch them in the field, rubber band them in the field, and then we hang dry them in our barn. And so, uh, we don't do, let me start this by saying there in my area, in my market, there is not a lot of money in dried flowers. Because people are expecting to pay what they pay in my market for, you know, what they're paying to pay for a market bouquet. There are some places like Pittsburgh and the bigger cities, these fancy boutiques, you can buy, you know, crazy dried flowers for very, very expensive. I do not live in that market. And so I, dried flowers to me are high cost for us. And the the reason the profit margin is so low on those is because you're, there's so many touches. Think about what makes it so expensive. How many times we're touching that product? We we started the seed, we planted it, we took care of it all year. We're then still harvesting it, banding it, putting it up to dry, and then you've got to go. You know whether you're boxing them up or you're then touching them again to go into a mixed bouquet or make to a wreath. They just they are just an add on. What I love about dried flowers is that they give me 
kind of a year-round option for income. We use them for Valentine's Day events. We sell them in our farm stand all the time. You know, we move a lot of lavender. So they're an opportunity to sell at a farmer's market or at a pop-up market where you might be capturing a different customer than you would with with fresh flowers. So that like the fact that it's not perishable to me is an advantage, but we don't do anything fancy with them. I don't do any of the like resin gel stuff, whatever. Was silica? Mm-hmm. Is that what they, they use? Yeah, like yeah. silica gel. Yeah. They're beautiful. I mean, they're absolutely beautiful. It's just, yes. And if you can get into that market and you're doing like high end, mm-hmm. but that's just not how I don't, that's not the bulk of my business. And so to me, I'm looking at like just as a time suck. How do I utilize them? Workshops. They're great for workshops. Uh, we actually sell them in our store. We wholesale them to another store in town that sells them. We Oh, dried flowers are great to get into other stores like craft stores on consignment because there's really no risk for you. And then you can get in the door you know, easier with other people because yeah. you can just say like, you know, I'll sell them to you for $6 a bunch and retail them for 12 or something, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, eight, whatever. And so that's, that's one good way. Let's see. Christmas. That's the other thing. We use them at Christmas with our wreaths yeah. and uh, sell them sell them that way. So yeah, lots of fun ways. We've done Christmas ornaments and things with them, pumpkins in the fall, lots of ways, but I honestly don't, I wouldn't spend too much time fussing. Even this year, I noticed that we're like moving, we like box things up because we like run out of actually dry, out of of actual drying space. And so we're switching to a pulley system next year. We're going to build pulleys in the barn because I'm like, I am not boxing and then you're sorting yeah. through and looking what you have. I'm like, this is so wasteful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're working on a system. It's going to be a winter project where we just have everything, uh, you know, kind of on a pulley system that we can raise it up out of the way and then lower it down and use it like when we actually need it. And then if we need to pitch it, we get rid of it. So yeah. Lickety good that. Thanks. You are the dried flower queen in my eyes. Yeah, oh, I am. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, we do I use it. about dried flowers. You yeah, do, we do just we job. do we do we use them a lot um, <laughs> just because I I look at it as you know we don't plant for dried flowers either. I want to state that that's just sort of like it's extra. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest tip that I've learned where I felt like I was failing with dried flowers where the color wasn't holding or whatever they do need to be in a dark location and you the other thing with dried flowers is you can't harvest them past their prime. Then they lose color. Yeah. They go to seed. So if you're really wanting these like top-notch looking dried flowers, they have to be harvested in the same stage in which we would use in a bouquet. So mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it's going to be like an overproduction issue or maybe a second flush on something where the stems are going to be shorter. Um, and then we know that's like prime time. Or if I walk through the field. I'm like, man, we got too much celosia. You know, we'll go in and we'll cut that off so that it's not going to go to waste and we can use it for something else. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Um, sometimes, oh, oh, I hate it when I read a question and I'm like, oh, I wish I could give this person a hug, whoever you are. <laughs> sometimes I love farming <laughs> and the business and other times I hate it. I snorted. Sorry. Is is this normal or should I get out? Run. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I think, okay. I think that 
Instagram, social media, there's crazy pressures to feel like we like have to be always living this dream. Like it's the perfect thing. Like, oh, you're just doing what you love and, you know, YOLO and gosh, you just get to dance around in the flowers and, and all that. And, and I think it's okay to be pissy and hate the particular thing that you're doing at that moment. We all have that moment. I oh, mean, yeah. listen, when I was had my corporate job, I had that moment a lot more <laughs> a lot more than I have it now. Now I am my own boss and I get all these great freedoms. So those hard moments, like they feel less hard. But it's okay to hate it at times. Like I I 100 percent give you the permission. And you really need to find like a marigold or somebody in your life. Mine is Lindsay, where we can vent those things, those frustrations. And you have, then you always have someone who's always like uplifting and giving you the other side. Cause sometimes we're like so down in the gutter about things that it's like hard to see the other side. So I just want to reassure you that in my opinion, everyone loves and hates no matter what they're doing. There's going to be times when it's going to feel hard. And I think learning how to embrace those times and more see them as like learning experiences and and just figuring out what you like. Like that's the journey of what we do here in mm-hmm. flower farming. And that's the cool thing about it is that if you do something and you're like, wow, that literally sucked the life out of me. I hated every moment of mm-hmm. that farmer's market. I hated fake smiling. I hated talking to the customers. I hated fake laughing at their jokes. Or answering mm-hmm. the question, how long is this going to last? Like, if you're just, like, feeling really drained by those things, like, I, I know because sometimes that that person is me at the farmer's mm-hmm. market. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I can't. I just, like, can't even deal with it. So you need to eliminate that from your business plan because it's sucking the life out of you. But I just want to reassure you and be 100% honest with you that it's not always going to be – yeah. Like, you know, it, it's not always like that. Yeah. I, I want to give a different spin on this because I, mm-hmm. I agree. But I also want you to think about in those moments, like what else is going on for you? Are you working a full-time job? Do you have a child that's teething? Yes. Did you just get a fight with your husband? Do you need to eat something? When's the last <laughs> time you slept without an alarm waking you up? Like <laughs> there are things in life, like we have – it comes in waves. There's particular things such as netting or frost fabric, sure. things that I just <laughs> really don't like. Um, just every yeah. time it comes up, you know. <laughs> but I will say those – there's hard times, yes. You're sort of riding the waves mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, your feelings aren't facts. They're going to change. Like how many times have you been like raging about something you come back and you're like, oh, Okay, different day, different feeling. So, yes, it, it, there are hard things about it. And I, it, you know, I've shared on here too where I got a little bit like, you know, I get peeved at times with social media. And I think, Shan, you're so right. Like, it's, there's, it's, they sell the, this glam life on social media as like, we, you know, I hear, oh gosh, there's something I just, I think it was on Joe Rogan or something that they said, um, the, the people that are the least stressed in the world, have the best job in the world, are the most fulfilled, are farmers. And I'm like, huh? 
Like, (laughs) because it's honestly is a very stressful job. It is a very stressful job, um, but it's also extremely rewarding, extremely fulfilling. We get to work outside, all of those things that make it wonderful, but there's a ton of risk that comes in with being a farmer. And, you know, there are a lot of stresses and all of those. So yes, there's times that it is really difficult. I know when I first started dating Sean, I think, I don't know, we were like, a few months in, it was early season. He's like, is this normal? You know, like the up and down of like, he was there <laughs> the through turmoil. Tulip. Yeah. Through Tulip Gate where I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's the financial swings of it, you know, and it yes. takes a while to even get used to that. But I would just say, mm-hmm. pay attention before you're like, you know, deciding whether you're going to stay in or get out or anything like that. It's just kind of like notice where you're at emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those things when you're sort of having those decisions. And it really, I think, will change, I think. And maybe not. Maybe you decide it's not for you and that's okay too. And you want to just have a cutting garden and grow vegetables Mm -hmm. and you don't want the pressures of all of those things. And that is 1000% okay. Okay. Just keep listening to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We will. And the other thing is like, I think even a bird's eye view at your life and looking at the why, like, why did you get started doing this? Why do you continue to do it? If your why is strong enough, I feel like you'll be able to convince yourself for all the reasons why this is a good decision to stay. If your why, if you're just, if you're at the point where like, I have no, I'm just doing this for other people and not me anymore or whatever the case is. I'm just doing this because I don't want people to think that I gave up. Like that to me, that would not be, yeah. you know, a reason to keep going. So I think if you're thinking about your why, everyone has their different whys. If you're really taking an honest look at those things and your why doesn't make sense anymore, then mm-hmm. I think that kind of needs to be your guiding light. Because the, the reason that we do this is, and Lindsay and I, we have our own reasons too, you know? Yeah. And no two reasons are going to be the same, but that has to guide you through those hard times. And if you don't have that anymore, then I think at that time is like when you need to think like, maybe I need a pivot or do something different. Yeah. This is actually what you just said is a really good segue to our next question because Mm -hmm. I actually struggled with our next question is how do I know if being a businesswoman is for me? And before I answer my two cents on that, but I struggled with my why because I felt like early on, I mean, I, I have been in horticulture my entire career, my entire life since I was 15 years Mm -hmm. old. And so I never doubted that that's what I wanted to do, but I felt like and this was a social media thing that everybody had this like amazing story. And there was this like, you know, this really inspiring why that they were in business and they could really just like, you know, settle into it. And I'll be honest, I was like, you know, I just knew I always wanted to own a business. I I was at a working at the garden center. And I remember thinking like, Oh, if, like when I have a business, this is what it's going to look like. I wanted to have a retail garden center for a really long time. And, and so to fast forward to this question is how do I know if being a businesswoman is for me? And what I want to say, what I, a process that I did was looking at my own personal values and within finding my own personal values of what lights me up in life is where I sort of found my why as to why I own my business and why I farm. And in the insiders, we're doing a, there's a download in there for the, for the group where it's like, we, I'm actually like walking you through to, to sort through and find your own, find your own personal values. And it was a huge 
piece for me because, you know, I sort of always knew that I wanted to be in business. I've always been a natural leader. I've been, you know, I I don't say bossy, but I just naturally direct. I'll call myself a director. My dad says, if you stand around me more than three minutes, I'm putting you to work. I'm just really good at like, if I can see something needs to happen, I'm like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? You know, I have no issues doing that. So it's been, that's been a natural fit for me. But that being said, you know, for you to go through and look at like, what really lights you up in your life. And, you know, for one thing for me was freedom. Freedom is one of my personal values that I found through this. And my business gives me that and fulfills it in a lot of ways. And freedom doesn't just necessarily have to mean with my schedule, although it is a huge piece Mm -hmm. for me. It was one of the things that sort of made me realize that I needed to pivot from full service weddings to doing a la carte. I was like, oh, I actually really need a creative outlet. I enjoy doing the wedding work, but I don't like having my Saturdays ate up because every time I did it, I regretted it. And getting away from being tied down to work every farmer's market. I like the flexibility in my schedule to be able to come down and talk to the customers or go to a U-pick. And so I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Occasionally it creeps in where I'm like, oh, But the reality is I want that flexibility in my schedule. Otherwise, I get really overwhelmed. And so understanding, I guess what I'm getting at is that understanding my personal values for myself helped me sort through what I wanted out of my business. And I think it will help you to sort through if business is for you, right? Like, and then finding a way to make business work for you. Really, the only way you're going to know it is to jump in and to do it and and to 100%. try it yes. and you know detach from going into it with the idea that you're exploring it right versus like having being filled with this mm-hmm. idea of like oh i failed i'm one of those businesses that didn't make it and it's like well if that's the story you want to tell yourself about it then yes it just maybe could be a chapter in your journey that you tried that's another way to put it you know or the experience mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. even if you're just dabbling in it and you're trying it and you choose to move on to something else you're not losing all of that experience that you gained from that either so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think that's my yeah. that's my two cents. What are your thoughts on that, Shan? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's such so confidence related to like Judd always mm-hmm. Judd when Judd Pep talks to me, he's always like, "Don't you dare be the first person to tell you no on something." And why are we always the first persons people to say, "Oh, we can't do that," or "That maybe this just isn't for me," or "Or no, that that won't make sense," or you know. So I. I part of me understands that. And I, I just want to like reassure you that some of us that entrepreneurship or that business being a business, I'm air quoting businesswoman is like more innate in you. And, and maybe it plays to more of your natural personalities, but there's a lot of other people who have to work hard <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to mold themselves to be a good businesswoman. And there's no, and being a good businesswoman, like, what is that really? I mean, that that is a pretty vague term. And I think if you are running a profitable and successful business farm, you're staying in alignment with yourself, your farm fuels you, it meets all your values, your why, then you're being a good businesswoman. And anybody can learn those things. Lindsay and I, you know, I didn't go to college for business 
you know, we just figured it out the way that it made sense to us. We learned from other mentors. We did a lot of research. We listened to podcasts. We did all these things to, to keep our professional development growing. We still do those things. We're still always searching who, who we want to be in the room with, you know, who's doing the next level than us. And that's part of being an entrepreneur, in my opinion. And it's knowing that it's not just going to like, no one's going to make wave a magic wand and it's just going to happen to you. Like you're going to have to put in the effort to like learn those. It's a skill. Those are skills. And you're 100% capable of being a business woman or businessman in whatever way that makes sense, sense for you. So don't Mm -hmm. be the first one to tell yourself, no, you know, it's a, it's a learned skill and we're all still learning and we're all at different stages. It's okay to be at stage one. And even if we're at stage 10, you know, everyone started somewhere. And I think too, defining, looking at how you define success and the, there's a whole boss babe culture. There's a, you know, um, Mm -hmm. a hustling culture right now that I think this is my opinion is that I think it creates a lot of inadequacy feelings within people that maybe they're just a housewife or like, come on. Yeah. There's no way I could do that. You know, like, so I, I think, um, there's a lot of pressures put on people in general just to be something and be big. And and I think social media is the cause for a lot of that. So, you know, we've talked about it before, putting our blinders on. And man, I'm telling you, it's something I do. I have to remind myself all of the time. So, you know, but looking at like really what does the definition of success mean for you? Maybe it means that you have a balanced work life and, you know, you have this small flower business on the side and you take care of your family and, you know, your other priorities are in, are in line. So all of those pieces of information, I think will help you sort of sort through that, sort through that information, but tuning out the noise of everything else in the world sometimes can be hard. And I will saying that very much so for myself as I'm, you know, making changes to my own business and still have that burning fire inside myself to have a a successful business, but just on my own terms. And what does that look like? And it doesn't have to be that it looks like the same for everybody else. So um, still have really big, scary goals every year that scare, that that scare me. And I feel like that's where Mm -hmm. I should be. Um, So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope that's I hope yeah. that's helpful. Yeah. Um, if you're not an insider, I mean, or if you are an insider, either way, check it out on the website because I I really think that values piece would be very helpful to help you sort through some of this. Mm-hmm. That was good. Those were good questions. I agree. I agree. There's like so much to think about, and really, we're all just kind of like running our own races, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Just the fact, like if you're the person that wrote that, just the fact that you have a business, in my opinion, already makes you a businesswoman because you put yourself out there ahead and you're already ahead of all of the others who didn't have the kahunas to put themselves out there. So you've already made a step, you know, more than a, I guarantee a whole bunch of other people. So mm-hmm. sometimes just getting out there is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. So we got to quit dogging on ourselves. Yes. Fact. <laughs> it's not right. Not right. All right. That was a good one. I We just like really enjoy your guys' questions each week. It's just so interesting to see like what's on your radar? What are you thinking about? You know, we really get a lot of info. So 
thank you for submitting those questions. I promise to be more consistent putting that box up, putting that box up on Sundays. <laughs> okay, guys, we really hope that you love this episode, gained so much knowledge and inspiration. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you get a notification on Fridays when we have a new episode that's ready for you. While you're at it, you could leave us a review because we really love hearing from you, knowing what you guys are liking, and we want to know your opinions of the show. Um, as always, I promise on Sundays on our Instagram page at Dirt on Flowers. I'm going to put that box up. And if you have a question, put it in there. Either it comes in a spill the dirt. We make an episode about it. It really does give us a chance to see what you guys are thinking. It's the biggest honor that we get to be in your earbuds as you grow your farm. So we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's.